Welcome to the Guide to Making Money as a Music Producer. I'm Dan Furr, and this is a podcast where we talk about all the different ways that musical creatives have used to earn money. In this podcast, we hear stories directly from industry professionals and learn what worked for them and what didn't work. Most importantly, we discuss how they've managed to carve out a sustainable living for themselves doing what they love and how you can do the same. What does it mean to be successful? Can you only be successful if you sell out? What even is selling out? In this episode, I chat with TJ Dumser about how it can actually be beneficial to redefine what success means to you in order to achieve actual success. TJ shares some of his tips and secrets as to how he was able to redefine success to build a sustainable business as a music producer without compromising his creative process and vision. I could just start by saying I'm, I'm TJ Dumser. I'm a senior sound designer and re, re-recording mixer. Um, I work in broadcast, television, and advertising, and uh, I also make music on the side as Six Missing. So thank you very much for having me on. Um, but one of the things that just what we, I was listening to you talk about, uh, I think it's great that you're doing something like this because I would have loved to have heard something like this earlier on. Um, I mean, the way that I kind of got into it, if you want to start there, just as like a very quick overview. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be that would be a great start. Yeah, just kind of how you got into things at the very first start. You know, just a quick little overview of where, where it all started. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, much like anybody, I was a musician and I was playing in bands and I had various bands and you inevitably have those conversations of like, we're going to make it and we're going to get a record deal and we're going to go on tour and all this. That's how most of these chats have started yeah, so far. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as they tend to, they, you know, very small percentages of those work out. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in one of those small percentages that did make it for a very short period of time. And on the uh, van ride home of our first tour, uh, it ended. So um, at that point, I I had gone to school at Full Sail, and in the final month of the audio program there, they talked about po- post production, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, I've always liked that. I like films. I like TV. I like the idea of manipulating sounds. Um, maybe that could be something I look into. So I was living in New York. I'm from New York. Um, I found an internship at a couple of different places there, and. There were, you know, varying states of uh, success where it was either a lot of just coffee runs and all that, and they were bigger studios. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then I found a, a place uh, that was like a small shop, and it was a jingle house. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I never really gave. Th- they specifically did nothing but write jingles. That was well. Their- no, he made his bread and butter by uh, writing the Sleepies theme song. Um, so he he kind of. Uh, he wrote that back in the 80s, early 90s or something like that and (laughs) um, opened up a post shop and they did TV commercials. So, uh, you know, a lot of that brand stuff. So Sleepy's, Scott's, Pepsi, Verizon, all of that stuff. So it was a very small shop. They had three three studios, three engineers. I got in, I interned and I started realizing like, oh, he's calling in musicians to come play in these session gigs to like bang out these really silly little jingles for these brands and stuff. And he would bring in, you know, the session players from the SNL house band and he would bring in the backing guitarist from, uh, you know, uh, what is his name? 
drawing a blank on the guy's name now, but you know, big big name musicians. They big would come names, in and yeah. during the day before the gigs at night in the city, they would just come in and put down the arrangement in front of them and they'd be here for an hour, they'd make their money and they'd go. And so I yeah. was like, that's that's pretty cool. That's that's great that there's like a, a way to make money doing music while kind of music adjacent. Um, but I think to skip ahead where I am now, um, I no longer work at a company. I, I've worked for myself for the past five years and I've been in this industry for the past 15. So uh, for 10 of those years, I was working at various studios and kind of just made my way up the chain and discovered that I had an aptitude for doing sound design and uh, voice editing and mixing for broadcasts and all of that. So that's where I am today. I do it for myself. And I, I think one of the things you asked was like, what was the what was the biggest thing that that got me to that point? And yeah, yeah. So that was that's definitely a question I think would be you know exciting, especially I think the 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 biggest the biggest thing you may have done to get yourself into that jingle studio initially. Like, did you just send an interview? What kind of did you do to get on their radar? Did they already know of you because of your 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 past tour? Or kind of how did you get on their radar initially? I I think I. It's, it was so long ago, <laughs> but um, at this yeah, point, yeah. I think what had actually happened was Full Sail had kind of like a document that was like a whole bunch of resources, which was essentially probably just like an Excel spreadsheet of like studios in New York City. And there were, there were like 1,200 pages of it. Um, and I just went through and I sent emails to a whole bunch of people. I made phone calls. In, in some cases, I like went to the studios and dropped my resumes off. Um, and it's always really hard too, like for people that are getting started, it's like, well, you don't have any experience but you need the job to get the experience. Yeah. How do you get the job if you don't have the experience? And um, yeah, I mean, I got kind of just in the door with one place an, enough to just... But literally through reaching out to as many places as you could find and one place happened to let you in the door, essentially. Yeah, quite, liter yeah, quite literally. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was just throwing a bunch of paint at the wall and seeing you know, what stuck at that point. Um, I had a very I love it. wide range of... I was just trying to find a job uh, in something Anywhere, related yeah. so that... Um, you know, one of the things you mentioned is, is people feeling like they didn't make it or they're not succeeding or they don't have the success. But I think it's like... They're not where they want to be, yeah. Right. I think that for me, it was like redefining successful, like what that meant. Yeah. Um, because as I got older and as I wanted to have, you know, nicer things and, and better instruments and all of this stuff, I didn't care so much about like, being famous or going out on the road and being out touring and selling merch and all this stuff. I, I cared more about like having an income and making that money so that I could use it to buy the instruments, to play the music that makes me feel good that I then in turn can share. So I guess like a younger me would have been like, you sold out. But the older me where I said now is kind of like, yeah, that's it's pretty great though, like having a job and not minding what I do and enjoying it and being able to. Yeah. I think that whole, I, I like, I like that you said that because there's, you know, I really like the metaphor of just throwing a bunch of paint at the wall and hoping it sticks because especially when you're younger, you don't really know what you're going to enjoy and what you're don't going to, what you're not going to enjoy. You kind of have an idea, but 
having an idea and working professionally in that setting is two very different things, and it's it, it's very easy to sort of think you might enjoy one thing, especially like touring and being a touring musician, and then kind of realize that touring is just a very very exhausting thing. You know, I've personally never toured, so I don't have firsthand experience, but. I've just heard nothing but how draining it can be. And so the idea of just throwing a bunch of paint at the wall or, you know, just literally reaching out to as many opportunities as you can get, put yourself out there as often and as randomly as you can, and just see what opportunity is like. You might learn that things you, you actually don't like. You might things you didn't think you like you liked. And, and and yeah, the whole idea of selling out kind of becomes a null point at that point because you're not really selling out. You're literally experimenting in all different ways mm-hmm. you can. That's kind of the opposite of selling out realistically and you're finding something that sticks and works well for you. And that's a, a great way to find happiness really is just finding something that works for you and being proud and happy of, of what you can accomplish in yeah. that field. And, you and can, that's kind of you the You can idea. really only intellectualize so much of it and like you can, you can think you're going to like something. So for instance, when I went to Full Sail, my intention was to come out a recording engineer for bands because if I couldn't be the musician on the other side of the glass, I wanted to be on this side of the glass in the chair where I had the more stable job. Yeah. However, knowing musicians, being one and having all of my friends be musicians, they're a real fucking pain in the ass. So like I I didn't <laughs> want to do that anymore. So I wouldn't have known that if if I hadn't started doing that. And I think that I also would have never thought that post production, even jingle houses or doing commercial advertising was an option uh, at all. And I really would have only made it to that path by just seeing where this one kind of thread led and just started pulling on it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can look back in hindsight and be like, oh yes, this was a very clear cut path. But in the moment when you're doing it, you're kind of just like following what feels right. Um, yeah, like your goal, you know, 10, 15 years ago was not to be a sound designer and and and, and sort of creator for ad- advertisements and that sort of thing. You were trying to be a touring musician. Then you were like, oh no, maybe I want to record bands. And then from the experience of applying, you know, you just threw a bunch of paint out at the wall and a jingle studio ended up accepting you. And you're like, okay, well, I guess this is the one place I got in. And it wouldn't have happened had you only applied to these recording studios. Had you been so tunnel visioned, been like, no, I'm going to record bands, that's all I'm going to do, and I'm only going to apply to these band recording mm-hmm. studios, you may have never found what you actually love to do more than recording bands, right? You could have definitely ended up down the path where you know all these recording studios don't accept you, and then you just feel discouraged and find something else or pick something else up. But, you know, there's especially in the realm of audio and the realm of music, there's just so many different facets that you kind of don't really know what's out there until you've literally thrown out as many as much paint at the wall or put yourself out there in as many opportunities as you can to see what's actually yeah. out there. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it, it really all comes down to just putting yourself out there as much as possible, which is, uh, it seems, I think it's going to be a very recurring theme throughout this, this series, but it, it really is true. Like The more you put yourself out there, the more opportunities will come your way, I feel. Like, that's how it's been for me, and that's how it's been with everybody that I've, that I've talked with. So I, it, it only seems that that's the way that it yeah, is. Yeah, and, and I think not, not selling yourself too short, because I think that feeling as though, like, oh, well, I wanted to record bands and, and do music mixing, how is that going to translate to uh, doing live events or how will that translate to doing commercial advertising or film or docu-series or anything like that? 
it's kind of like sound is sound. And that's what, that's what I, the biggest takeaway from the schooling that I went to and through the various jobs that I've had is sound is sound. And like, if you know how to use it and treat it and manipulate it and, um, you know, and even respect it, um, you're, you kind of have a huge broad range of things that you could do. I mean, I would have never thought that, you know, podcasts come into studios. I, I, when I first started as like a 18 year old, I never totally understood like ADR or anything like that. And like there are Foley studios and all of this stuff that you can find a real joy in. And then also, um, you know, still being able to make time and carve out time for yourself creatively on the side. Um, I guess that's going to be my big theme for this, isn't it? As you do like the synopsis for this episode is, is finding me, finding time on the side for your music, um, which is not exactly what I want to say, but it is just, it is my truth that I'm li- living right now. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things. I really like the whole idea of that sound is sound, you know, like there's, there's a lot more to music than just the natural, you know, like I, I, I think the idea of being a musician and, and making it as a musician, like I say, it often, in, in, my, in my first opinion, in a lot of people's first opinion, it equates to playing the music and, and, and specifically, you know, like you and your instrument or you and a band and, and whatever else. But, you know, there's this whole idea that sound is sound and thinking outside the box of traditional music and that music is just sound and learning how to manipulate sound, that opens up the door for so many different musical opportunities that you never would have seen had you just looked at music mm-hmm. as music and not necessarily music as right. sound. And that's a really a really beautiful distinction that I'm really happy you made because I don't think it's one I've necessarily, you know, explicitly thought about, but it's something that's it, it just so, so yeah, true. Yeah, and so to kind of just leap off of that, um, you know, part of my musical journey over the past couple of years, it has taken me into the world of synthesizers and into Eurorack modules and and all of that. <laughs> I mean, I was a guitarist starting out. And so, you know, that's that's the windy road that I've taken to Eurorack stuff. But being that sound is sound and and talking about the idea of knowing your instruments and spending time with them. And this is like another thing that I talk about because I, for better or worse, I do have a lot of gear. And so people do want to talk about all of that. And for me, it's like, well, I didn't just buy, 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 buy. Like it's, it's buy and learn, buy and learn, buy and learn, and then figure out if it is something that you really do need. Does this fill a hole, a void that you don't have? the capability to do with these other things. And so because I know my gear, um, the job that I have now as sound designer for commercial advertising, I get to use all this stuff. And like I get to create sound effects and I get to basically put a sonic world to animations and graphics and um, films that don't have them when they first arrived to me. And that's the most exciting, most fulfilling thing and where we were talking about redefining success in the music industry. Um, that's where I'm like, that's successful. I've, I've gotten to that and point like there. The one- the one thing that's exciting is just because you may have like deliverables from a client doesn't mean you still get to add your own artistic and flair, you know, artistic flair and, and vision towards that that piece of music. It's not really like like it kind of comes back to the idea of selling out. Like just because someone's paying you to compose this music doesn't mean you have 
the, a very, very strong say into how that music is going to sound and how it turns out and putting your own you know, intellectual twist and your own creative spin on, on what they want. And that is, is still a very creative and exciting process to get to do because sometimes having those limitations and having that structure is almost more exciting to, to create songs. That's the it puzzle, It kind of right? gives you a little bit of a goal and it gives you a bit of a challenge. Exactly. It's a bit of a puzzle. It's not just this blank slate that you can just throw whatever you want on there. You kind of have to make make this little puzzle work and make the pieces fit together in a way that could potentially be a little bit more challenging and intricate than, and, and who knows? Like I, I, I personally find those experiences a little bit more mm-hmm. fulfilling. Yeah. And I think it does make you sharper. It makes you a better engineer, a better mixer, a better composer, um, because you're challenging yourself and, and you're, you're constantly getting out of your comfort zone, um, which is, oftentimes painful and scary but at the end of it when you kind of look back you're you're feeling accomplished and and that that's a that's a great place to be and just means you're you're always growing yeah yeah no it's uh, it's 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 definitely a, a really exciting point and i find you know, it gives me a little bit more inspiration, and even though I'm kind of already doing it, it's one of those other things that's just like, oh, wow, that is exciting. You know, like, there's just, it, it, sound is sound, learning how to manipulate sound opens up the doors in so many different realms, and mm-hmm. it is, it, it, you know, as a musician, learning about sound and, and taking, you know, sound outside of music and taking music, out, you know, and, and trying to really distinguish between the two of them, I think really allows you to kind of understand the you know the, the immense amount of opportunities that music is not just music it's so much more than just melodies and chords mm-hmm. yeah and I, I mean especially in being a musician and and trying to find maybe like a way into this whole thing um, it's it's challenging um, and it is it, it takes time and it takes persistence and I don't know in this whole kind of post pandemic new reality that we're living in a lot of these places are going remote and going to you know uh remote workers which is i guess in certain ways like you lack that human interaction but also like look at us we're talking to each other and you get to in the past year and a half i've worked with voiceover talent that i know would have never really been considered for these jobs because of their location and now the right. these types of things are bringing people together similarly when i get a a job and and we're uh you know contracted to do a piece of original music for like a a 60 second spot i don't have to um think about location at all i just can think about the people i know the the musicians that i know that would be perfect for this. Like if this is a Daft Punk style electro rock track, I can think of these people to hit up, which could be in Canada, which could be in LA, which could be anywhere in the world, really. Um, So I think in some ways it's more challenging for people to get their foot in the door. But in in other ways, it's a, a very exciting time to be looking to make a buck doing the music thing because there is seemingly more and more opportunity every single day. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's... And, and I know you said, I think, I think the takeaway of this episode now, now at the, actually is going to be the fact that sound is sound and thinking about music as sound is going to open up so many doors both creatively and professionally in the music industry that it, it, it really can change your whole perspective on what is and isn't possible, I think. And that is, I think, a really powerful, powerful statement. Um, 
it's kind of just exciting to think yeah. about. The one thing, the one thing I want to ask um, to just to start wrapping things up a little bit is what. So, what exactly do you consider to be your current niche at this point in time? Now, I know we've sort of brushed upon it over the course of the topic, but if you could summarize it in one, you know, one short sentence. Well, um, I, being a sound designer, um, working in the commercial advertising, broadcast, television space, um, I manipulate and design sound, and it, that ranges from everything from voice to music to sound effects to the full mix of the entire thing. Um, and then as a musician on the side, completely separate to that, um, I work in the ambient soundscape world and I do that for fun. Um, however, by putting myself out there, and I know this is turning into a paragraph, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but yes, putting, okay. putting my music out there on all the various platforms felt like at first, like, well, what's the point of doing this? Um, but it was really interesting this past summer, I got, um, I got a job inquiry from a client of mine through work that said, we've saw your Instagram posts about your album and we want to, we want to track just like that. And I've never had a client ever reach out to me and give me a reference that is my own material. So yeah, that's a it's super a very cool, cool feeling. feeling yeah. But like, had you not just done this whole thing for fun, you know, that never opportunity, opportunity never right, would have so, showed up. Um, yeah, it it definitely turned into a longer paragraph. So for that, I'm sorry, but that's okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot of information there, so it was a good right, paragraph. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I guess the final question would be, what do you think is your favorite project that you've worked on so far over the past 15 years you've been in the industry now? Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked on a lot of stuff. I've worked with a lot of great people. I've worked with some um, heroes of mine and, and worked with some very famous people and that's been a lot of fun. Um, but I think the, the most fun project that I've worked on uh, was just this past summer, which was for, <laughs> it was for uh, Sonic drive-through uh, pieces. Oh, and yeah, cool. um, they, the team, had a very fun creative, which was that they wanted music to sound like your brain was being hugged. And I thought that that <laughs> description was super fun to run with. They gave me no other examples. Um, we had a, oh, wow. a you know half hour Zoom conversation talking about what that might be. And then I hit the profit, the Euro rack and some guitar pedals and created this whole world for these animated mesmerizing pieces. Um, so I think to this point, that would be the most fun uh, project that I worked on. And I, I'll put that on my feed on my Instagram that uh, you can check out. It's, it was... That would be, yeah, that's, that's, I've definitely, I remember seeing a little bit that, like that was this past mm -hmm, year, yeah. right? Yeah, I kind of remember seeing a little bit. Yeah, and that's like that is probably one of the most fun deliverables you could possibly get. Yeah, like make it sound like your brain yeah. is being hugged. There's no no other detail. Like you can just take that wherever you feel you want to take that, as long as you feel like your brain's being totally. hugged. You, you have know? to look past like that's what wonderful. exactly you're selling, but yeah, if you get past that, then it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. I want to thank you so, so, so much for coming on. This was, I think, very, very insightful. I'm, uh, I'm really honored you were able to, or you were, you were able and willing to, to come on and have a chat. And I think this is gonna, this is gonna be a very exciting episode. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Good luck with, uh, all of it. To learn more about TJ Dumser, 
Visit him on Instagram at 6missing or visit his website at tjdemser.com. Yes. Thanks so much for listening.